Checkity check. Am I on? Are we live? Is this happening? Yeah, this is happening. You are on this show right now. We're doing it. We're live. We're live. Planet Earth. We're here. Enjoy it. <laughs> Too soon? Uh, no, I mean, respect. Respect. Pain respects to a legend. Guys, uh, obviously, uh, we've lost a great within the scene. Uh, Brody Stevens, he, we will be missed. Very much so. Is it weird to talk about guys that have just died? I don't think it's weird. I just feel disingenuous because I didn't know him personally. So I'm trying. I agree. I'm not trying to be like a grief vulture. Right. Like trying to make it about me. <laughs> I remember when he met me at AMPM, and it was amazing because <laughs> he told now- <laughs> me to stay positive. And but now that we've breached that subject, I did see him one time. And <laughs> he was like the host at Oddball, and I'd never heard of him before. And right. I was like up in the grass seats. And I was like. Like hosting something like Oddball in front of that many people in front of a venue like that not conducive to comedy. Mm-hmm. He and it was just like his presence was so obscene and he was just so ridiculous and like just a force. It was like I'd never experienced anything like that. I was like, this dude is amazing. You're in good hands, guys. You're in very good hands. I'm professional. I've been in this business now for six weeks. I'm doing things. I was on last comic standing. Thank you. Season four, episode one. Did great on that. Signed a television development deal with the Al Jazeera Network. We're producing the first English-speaking sitcom on the Telemundo channel. Stay with me. Hear a joke? Give me a chuckle. Help me out. This is my life. I flew in through Detroit to get here. Nothing wrong with that. My mom's from Detroit. Yes, Michigan, you got it. Sleeping tonight in Palm Desert, surrounded by staff. Stay with me. Chuckle with me. I get it. Certain guys are like that where you just, they have that presence and they just, it was like they were made for comedy. They were made to do this. Like other guys, myself included, I feel like I have to like, build myself into this like you know it's a, not just a, a natural feeling to do those things that he, that they do you yeah. know the robin williams the sam kinnison's of the world like those guys that are just like oh you're like that on and off stage all the time like that's yeah. just you or some people can just snap it on for whatever situation some mm-hmm. people just have charisma or like can command that kind of attention or energy and uh it's really awesome because i don't have that i'm very much i'm very off-putting so i feel like i have to like work twice as hard just to like don't like me (laughs) after i tell my jokes i have a general unlikable quality Uh, it's it's a certain (laughs) je ne sais quoi i don't know that it's a certain any one factor but Mm -hmm. i'm trying to hone in on it and then just like dilute it like over time or just you know raid bleach uh, and everything i can throw on it to get rid of it but so far not so much I'd say like it's not a genesis quoi because Jenny Jen and say and qua don't like me at all. <laughs> um I feel like there's definitely a likability that you need in comedy and sometimes I battle with that more so than my jokes. I battle with the like are guys going to like me off stage more than are they going to like, you know, my set. Mhm. And I don't like that about me. <laughs> We're starting strong. Let's pick apart our own personality. I wish I could just be like, yeah, it's the jokes. Fuck off. Or I could be like, I'll be just as comfortable on stage and off stage and just be everybody's best friend and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's also exhausting to have to be on all the time. So it's yeah. also like to be able to like put 100% into whatever you're 
three, five, ten, whatever many set, and then have to get off stage and be on more for whoever, whether, you know, it's other comics or just like, that's what wears me out, just having to be on in regular life because I'm like, oh, yeah, I still have to like have energy and be nice. Right. <laughs> you have to be like super funny about the weather. Yeah. Like small talk is the most exhausting thing for me because I'm just like, I'll, mm. if you want to get into some real shit, I'm on board. We can hit like <laughs> the boots, the boots on the ground. But if, right. if you just want to dance around, like, let's just be tacitly polite to each other so we could you know look each other in the eye later and like we could just nod and continue they're <laughs> like uh hey what's those uh fourth quarter reports and you're like what 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 happens when we die oh let me tell you that <laughs> what is the afterlife is the afterlife or is it just life cycling in on itself mm-hmm. is oh, it yeah. cyclical I'll, no i'll have them in, on, I'll have them in by four i'll have the reports in by four <laughs> eot i'll have them on end of day i feel like <laughs> end of day nice I love the uh, the nomenclature. Yeah, uh, you know, it sounds like you've actually really had one of those jobs. Several, somewhat. <laughs> like I, I've always worked in skateboarding uh, mostly. So like humble brag. Uh, well, I mean, not really because it's like <laughs> oh, it, the non-cool part of skateboarding. Well, no, I mean it's a cool industry for sure. I'm not dogging on it. It's mm-hmm. amazing because there's so, like so many more perks and like it's similar to imagine like a corporate culture where, except without like that super serious like everyone's buttoned up like it's way more relaxed and like a Mm. lot cooler like everyone's on board like happy to be there for the most part but then it's also like you're not making as much money the ceiling's a little bit lower like you're not making wall street money in skateboarding you know or action sports no way which is fine because no one's worth like if you're being honest with yourself you're like i'm not gonna make six figures doing what i'm doing at least unless like you know you end up being a creative director or some not whatever i'm doing <laughs> yeah you need to really be working for like a kardashian brand or some sort of uh i don't know fitbit yeah i mean there's <laughs> something that's like in the lexicon now like skateboarding i feel like obviously there's a huge market for it now but i feel like it was its heyday in like the 90s you know the maybe early 2000s or something i don't know if it's like has like an ebb and a flow where like there will be like a resurgence like i feel like certain skateboard types like kind of have this like spark of like oh it was like we needed certain types of boards like certain were popular at certain Mm -hmm. times you know long boards were cool long boards the wrong board Live guys, this is me, your host D Williams, aka Daryl Williams, aka Dumbass, aka Dude that's hanging out with another dude, aka fellow open mic stand up comedian. His name is Christian Senrude. Hello, how are we? So, uh, Senrude, how where does that come from? Do a lot of people obviously uh bring you up saying Senrod or? Uh, yeah, I get some uh, variations for sure. It's a Norwegian name from Senarud. 
It's uh, so it's after a name of a city. Yeah, uh, it's well, or a it's, town, or a I province. think how it works over there is just like they named the area based on the people that were there. So like uh, the Sen- Sena roots and the Senda roots, however they've spelt it, they were kind of up in this obviously mountain area because it's Norway, so it's it's all mountainous, uh, right? We, you know, watery, boggy areas. But um, yeah, it's from there. Uh, my dad, I've heard my dad say it, Senrud, Senrud my whole life but yeah i've gotten some variations i got a serrano last couple weeks ago nice i was like oh i'm spicy tonight <laughs> they didn't even notice the d or the r yeah i mean i, I sometimes write it phonetically if it's a, it's a mic new one i've been to or something mm-hmm. so i'm like two n's then spe- like hyphen rude and then pe- like I, I think i make it too con- like try to make it easy and then end up complicating <laughs> like, it scene rude Sen rude <laughs> sorry. you're mexican right you have to be mexican i'm something this me- this mustache could could be from south of the border so or you ever- head there hello <laughs> have you ever thought about obviously before you started doing comedy like what should be my stage name or or should i go with Sen rude um i, I never really put i've or thought Christian. about it after the fact like uh if, if I should have a moniker of some sorts just to like differentiate on a, on a flyer or something, or mm-hmm. just like in terms of branding, like, but I, getting into it, that never crossed my mind. I'm just like, I just got to go do it and try it and try to get good. And you know, that didn't play into it and <laughs> it still doesn't yet, but I've thought about, I was like, well, no one's re-, like Louis CK does that. But what if you did like CT Senrud or like you had like a different, mm. like uh Christian Tia, like, you know, not that, but yeah. Something. What if you like, spelled it phonetically instead like halfway in eh, i mean i could but to what end i guess like mm. what am i gonna get at like at this point in my quote-unquote comedy career is like what do i do i need to do is that a little too mo- much ego i, I don't I'm, I'm just gonna show up and if they say my name wrong be like no it's fine man. i don't care like, what I'm if not- a manager told you hey man i will represent you but you have to change your name to christian fatal bomb good night I mean, I guess that's a conversation to have. But, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just honored to be being like, talked at by somebody. I don't somebody know if you're Jewish or not, but we're making you Jewish. <laughs> oh, I don't think that would, I mean, maybe the pairing of Christian and then overtly Jewish last name could yeah, work. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. Perhaps, um, if, if they are in fact a uh, a Jew, perhaps I would be open to hearing about it. But mm-hmm. as, you know, a super white, what waspy motherfucker, I don't Christian know What if it was Christian Jew? Oh, I no. Yeah, no, I, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're gonna, breaking down barriers. All right, we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back around. We'll see how it's setting after, <laughs> you know, we'll have dinner. We'll think about it. Coming to the stage, Christian Jew. Christ Jew, coming to the stage. Yeah, he didn't kill this Jew. <laughs> I have, uh, like, I get Chris a lot. People try to, like, shorten my name. Oh, uh, right. That uh, makes sense. Yeah, but I've never gone by Chris my entire life. Have so. you ever had any nicknames? Uh, I've gone, like, when I worked at a skate shop. We I, they went. I've been called Christ since high school. Like they like, if you shorten my name, it's Christ or it's Christian. That's the only per- person that I'm like. N- I never get annoyed is Brian Matthews because he's like the sweet. He's like the biggest sweetheart, just the <laughs> coolest dude. Right. So I'm like you, you, whatever, man. Like you're the best. Yeah, you can call me dickhead. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, I don't. He's fine. Christ but. was a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, he's telling people how to live. It's kind of it's a little much, man. I have a lot of uh, friends of mine that have given me nicknames that I've been like on board with sometimes, and other times I'm like, no, not today, not no, 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 no. D bag's not coming out today, guys. No it's Daryl. Okay, <laughs> we're in court today. I have a traffic ticket that has just exacerbated into some a tumor. I've had like traditionally it's been uh, D, mm-hmm. just you know D, which is D fine. Williams, like, yeah. I like D. Yeah, that's cool. But I've had a lot of uh, Durrell or <laughs> Derail. 
And I'm like, nah. You can you can if, drop that part. If you had like a deeper voice, if you like had like a, a Rick, like a Rick Ross type voice with that beard and those glasses, I think you could put off. My name is D Rail. Uh, yeah, you're you're halfway there. Hell yeah! <laughs> Just a nice booming timbre. What's up with my ladies tonight? Yeah. I feel like um I would like to do a black guy voice on stage, but no matter what I would say, people would be like. Don't do the voice. <laughs> yeah, you might run into that one. Um, unless you like completely. I like when people bring it to this, uh, like something that's completely out of left field. It's like that's definitely not any sort of stereotypical like black person's <laughs> voice. Like everybody's got like the the up, uptight white, you know, uh, chick voice. Yeah. So if you just like, I like when people just do their normal voice and like that. That's also that's also that's a woman. Just so we know. Just, do you have a chick voice? Uh, no, I haven't. I don't do a lot of act out, so like I haven't <laughs> really had to do that. Um, I had I, something happen where a lady mail carrier kind of like grilled me about my dog a little bit and it was just like this bewildering like exchange. So I was like thought about, it's not even a reenactment, but just like explaining it. And I'm like, but I have to do her voice. It, it doesn't really add anything. Well, I feel like anytime when you do a voice, it brings subtle nuances that you weren't really prepared for Mm -hmm. because like yeah you could suddenly do like a a girl voice like oh my god Mm -hmm. you're so unbelievable but that's sort of what people are expecting so if you did something else it would kind of like elevate it maybe or just like it gives it its own but if you're literally giving its own voice but if you were like to say something like oh and then she said something like oh my god that's so (laughs) unbelievable yeah or if you gave her that like stereotypically like ditzy voice and then made her really articulate and intelligent like you, there's a spin like it's just what your your end goal is and what your punchline and what how it is enabled or elevated by the way like is the voice helping it or is like if, are you bringing it down by using that voice i was talking with about this with uh sasha on the last episode where you know does it matter that's the thing like and she was bringing up hannibal burris mm-hmm. where it's like he doesn't do the act outs he just says like and then she said this and then he says it in his voice he doesn't do a girl's voice. But then in other comedians, obviously, they would do a girl's voice. Mm-hmm. But, like, does that make the joke better? It just depends on who does it and how they do it. Because, mm-hmm. like, like, Patton Oswalt, for instance, I feel like he would set the stage more so than the, the character voice itself. Unless, like, because, like, think about that. Uh, have you heard his, like, uh, magic magician bit? Yes. He doesn't, like, he, it's his voice. And but the way he sets the stage and the tone he gives it, he doesn't really need to like give it any other like spin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I was uh, starting off as a comedian, late '80s, early '90s, I opened for a lot of comedy magicians. Comedy magicians just ruled the landscape in the early '90s because back then it was like, "Hey, are you a shitty comedian? Learn a magic trick. Are you a boring magician? Learn a dick joke." And these guys can make a hundred grand a year. They just they were kings. So I was doing a one-nighter on a Wednesday night in Richmond, Kentucky at a sports bar, and I was opening for a comedy magician. I was getting $25 to open. He was getting $75 to close. I really needed that $25 very badly. So we get to the bar, and the bartender meets us, and he says, Yeah, Booker told you wrong, because... the opener, you're just going to get uh, 20, and the magic man, you're going to get 70. So we've been shorted $5. Well, I need the 20. There's nothing I can do. I'm in. The magician has the 
ugliest meltdown I've ever <laughs> seen. He doesn't scream and yell. He does that thing. When you get so goddamn angry, you begin speaking very quietly, but you over-enunciate every fucking word that comes out of your mouth. Because what you are saying is, the $75 I was contractually told I would receive has been reduced to $70. Is that what the fuck you're saying? And the bartender's reaction is, yep, that's what the booker said. <laughs> like, literally can't see murder when it's an inch from his face. It's show, don't tell. And what you need to, what details you need to show and how you do it, it's like you get to play around with and decide for yourself. Like, I haven't had a bit where I'm like, this needs this type of lady's voice. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, but maybe I just don't do enough act outs as it is. I would love to do, like, something like where... I was going to portray a black guy and then like I went into Go like on. a <laughs> and then I went into like a did I do that <laughs> like some sort of like Urkel bit where Oh you, you thought it was going to be cool you yeah. fucking racist <laughs> <laughs> Oh you thought black guys were going to sound like this they don't <laughs> Not all black guys sound like that Oh he's from Britain actually <laughs> He's Cambridge educated <laughs> right He's from Sussex and he says I would like to bust a cop in your ass yeah, it's like that Chappelle joke where he's talking about a terrorist and he's like gives it the Middle Eastern voice and he's like, right. which is weird because he was Chinese. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's great because he's like playing off your own preconceptions. No, I, I definitely like that observation, but I feel like as a cisgendered white straight male, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes <laughs> we need a singular term. Can we? Do oh, it? yeah. <laughs> we need just a word for like, I. Just honky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a honky. As a honky. Or mayo, a mayonnaise. As a mayonnaise. I feel like sometimes when I try to portray certain genders or even certain races or whatever, even in a like a positive light, the fact that I'm portraying them in the, in any light, mm-hmm. they're going to take it as like, what? Like, yeah. why did you say that? And it's like, I swear, I, I was talking about this black guy in a positive light i was talking about how he had a great big dick i mean anytime you have to explain why it was funny it's probably a that's good start. true that's true guys no you don't you don't understand no, you, why this i is have funny. black friends i have them like at least one like i did a joke uh a, a while back where i was like you know i have a lot of black friends and i have a lot of white friends and i feel like my black friends are way better when it comes to letting you fuck their girlfriends <laughs> All right, go on. Like, I've never had a white friend say, hey, man, you could fuck my girlfriend. But I've had a few black friends say, dude, you could fuck my girlfriend if you wanted. Is this is this from real life? This is from real life. No shit. Well, I mean, maybe they're just more into open relationships. That's very cool and enlightening. But that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I've, I've brought it up a couple dozen times. Never has gotten a laugh. Never. Every per like... If anything, the only laughs were from other black guys. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, we get that. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing. I'm, I haven't been in enough urban rooms or whatever. Like, Or white people just don't understand that, like, oh, that, is that part of it? Like, is like, that a thing? Oh, wow. Black guys do that? Like, I didn't I know mean, that. I, would, I didn't know. I would. I mean, I don't know that that's true. <laughs> you're telling me it's true. And in your experience, that very well could be
in the late 90s and 2000s, it was like, that's when like pop punk was super hot, ska, and like that kind of wave came in. So right. like that kind of like, ska, yeah. that kind of like, uh, not counterculture, but like teen rebellion, like, but also really palatable to you know middle america that's mm-hmm. like that whole wave so that's where like really it was when like tony hawk was the most popular yeah he did the 900 tony hawk pro skater mm-hmm. came out like everybody's listening to the soundtrack going to fat to- or uh, hot topic getting the fat records compilation <laughs> you know it like getting that, their seat belt belt buckle your famous stars and strap belt buckle your white belt your you know puffy ass shoes with your your jeans tucked over the tongues <laughs> you know that as was the time yeah, I'm still rocking that look. Yeah, same. I mean, 34, still looking like I'm 14. It's terrific. <laughs> I haven't aged a minute, uh, you know. <laughs> no, certain certain um, clothing brands never go out of style. Like, you know, Converse, when are they yeah. going to not be cool? Yeah, there's certain things that just are, are timeless. So, like... Yeah, Vans, all that stuff. Yeah, like, like a Nike Cortez, it's always going to mm-hmm. be like, uh, you know... Those uh, old school Adidas. Yeah. I mean... They're gonna always be there. Yeah. Air Jordans. There's some some things just become staples of like a culture or just uh, whatever that they're that for that thing. You know what I mean? Like you're the, and you're, then, you are uh, the Chuck Taylor or the old school or whatever. And obviously Levi's too. Those are never going out of style. Like yeah. who's never gonna wear jeans? Yeah, <laughs> in fifty become, years, it's like, like a branding thing. It's like you're the Coke or the Kleenex of whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. And like there can be variables within there, but. That's what everybody's trying to get. Like, I want my Chuck Taylor. What? What's my? I invented the piano key necktie. What do you? What do you do? <laughs> what would you want to like invent clothing wise that isn't around right now? Like, have you thought about <laughs> like we need a, a a shoe that is self lacing? Even though they've already thought of that. No, I mean. I think anything that makes us any lazier is a bad thing. Like how how much lazy? Like the thing I don't like about most like clothing, like when it comes to clothing, is that it's not like we're reinventing the shirt. We're just basically putting a new logo on that shirt. Yeah, you know, we're not like selling the shirt itself. It's we're selling the logo that's on that shirt. Yeah, what's so interesting to me is how backwards fashion has been. Because if you go back to Victorian times and how ornate and like detailed everything was and how hard to get yeah. into and out of everything and right. like the whole production and how like it's just devolved <laughs> into like well i just i don't want i have to button anything or zip things like or, back in like the 1700s if it came from china that was like whoa <laughs> it came yeah. from china and it's silk oh my god that's like worth like what a king's ransom or some sort of uh betrothment to like a lord or a buttress yeah it's so bad. Like everything's so backwards now. Like now I feel like, like we're in the upside it came down. From China. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, even like food. Like we'll grow food in one country, ship it to China to have it produced, and yes. then send it back, and somehow it's still cheaper than it's like what's the price? Like oh, you, that farm down the street is three times the price of what's been to China and back. Like that makes perfect sense. So we're gonna pick it and then send it to China to have them husk it, and then when they come back, pre and it's husked. Then we're going to actually sell it. But we can still say it's locally grown, so it's <laughs> fine. Everybody's on board. White people are But if we husked it happy. over here, it would have been actually way more than sending it halfway across the globe. <laughs> yeah. I guess to get back to your question, I, what I would invent is an American-grown, made, produced product that people are willing to pay the extra money for, and that became in vogue, oh. where it's like, oh, yeah, it costs more because peop- you know we put more into it, and long term, it's going to benefit more people. American people, and not that it's like America only, but you know what I mean. Like, we stop devaluing the entire production process to the yeah. point where it's like how much waste is produced in all that process of like shipping, packaging, like, uh, and just like the people that had to make it. It's yeah, just, the overhead. Yeah, and like I can say that 
in theory, but like I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to pay $120 for a t-shirt. Fuck this. Well, the problem is, is that's the problem, is that <laughs> the problem is, it's a problem. And the problem with the problem. I want to say if our wages weren't so in demand of being like, you know, just having this growth or this ever growth where like, you know, uh, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, a 20 hour, a $20 an hour job uh, was a pretty uh, decent gig. Yeah, very good. Yeah, you were probably living in a house, and you probably had a kid or or whatever, and uh, you know a family of some sort, and uh, living the American dream, so to speak. But you like move that same wage into uh, thirty years later, and it's like, well, yeah, you're in the poorhouse, or you're living in a studio apartment, barely making it. And or you're on like some sort of assistance, or you have like yeah five people uh working. Yep. I mean, inflation's a very real thing, and <laughs> but it's weird how like uh you know one wage a generation ago was able to sustain you, but a generation later it can't even support you with a roommate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's it is, about- and we're trying to say like, oh, but things are great because real estate prices are going up and everything's going up, and we're all making money. It's like who's making money? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Not us. <laughs> Yeah, not uh, the people that are uh, you know told like, oh, you just need a college degree and you're gonna be making you know a decent living right out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, I do like that Neil Brennan bit where he's talking. He's like, well, I mean, it's an investment, and you're basically your own business, and maybe you're not a good business. So. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm not a sound investment. I'm I'm sorry that we put, no. we put so much financial and time into this, but I uh, we should have we should have been thinking long term, maybe. Pretty much. <laughs> I but, feel like uh, with comedy, definitely, it's like one of those things where it is an investment, so to speak, where, you know, for the first however many years every comic does this, they're doing it with no money coming back to them. If anything, they're putting money into it. Oh, absolutely. And like, gas and time and, you know, mm-hmm. spending money at the venues and trying to support the room. and Exactly. And then you're doing that for what? What's the, like, over-under Six years, yeah. I've always years, I've always like, heard it's eight. You're not a good comic, or you're not a real comic until you're eight years in, right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess it takes a doctorate to exactly to, make, to do it. I mean, Pete Holmes was talking about that in his show Crashing, where he was talking to his uh, you know, in the first episode about just think of it as me going to med school, and she's like his his wife at the time that mm-hmm. they're arguing with she's like but at the end of like med school they're a doctor like yeah like you're there's no end it's not like oh you put in eight years and now you're suddenly like a headlining comic yeah you don't get a certificate or any kind of like no validation for all your heart even if and, you take a comedy class yeah you're not guaranteed you're guaranteed one spot at the bray improv or whatever yeah. like, and let's be honest eight years but in those eight years how often are you having midterms or really buckling down and studying material and like putting in four to eight hours a day of writing and you know to to compare to a doctor is a little disingenuous or silly because like a doctor they know their shit and lives are on the line and like (laughs) right it's either do you know how to do this or don't you yeah and comedy is more like do you have it or don't you and like in eight years you you can acquire material and fine-tune the writing process in theory i don't fucking know i'm three years in and you know however whatever level i am at or not at like you know, we'll see, but it's, it's also like being able to try it out three to five minutes at a time and being like, well, that was okay mm-hmm. in front of this group of disinterested fellow comics. And the weird thing about comedy is, is that unlike 
being a doctor or whatever, like scientific, it's, there's no rigidity where it's like, it's either right or wrong. Yeah. It's like, you could do that same set and it kills. You do that set literally a half hour later that night at a different room and it does nothing. <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, well, if you were going to compare it to a doctor, it's like, well, how come I like just sewed this guy up this way and it saved him, but I sewed him up the same way and it killed him. Yeah. Well, it also goes I into mean, how they I mean, maybe that build. works in that doctor realm. I don't know. Maybe sometimes it does. Like I did the exact same thing as him and that guy still died. <laughs> yeah i i don't know i'm glad that their lives aren't on the line for what we do because oh i would I mean, have killed a bunch of people already <laughs> i mean i've died a lot but mm-hmm. you know not what's literally. your worst bomb um or do you feel like oh i'm sure it's, it's still to come been, like, like oh yeah it's always yet to come I, for I, sure. I always joke that like i've ne- I, I don't i've never I, I joke that i've never bombed because i've never had the audience to bomb for because mm. like like bombing in front of nobody that's like right what the stakes it's Making like okay two people not laugh yeah, you're like okay. i fell off a curb like okay I, I think i can walk this off mm-hmm. like give me the opportunity to eat it in front of like what however many people that's a bomb and like i i'm you know it's like give yeah, me like, the opportunity i would love to bomb but like, like trying the 900 <laughs> as tony hawk and you not oh, yeah. hit it yeah, and like that's you, a bomb. You, I mean, I've for sure eaten plates of shit repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Like, and like I did it on Thursday. I just like went up. I was, I just went into like, I was like, this is the room was always blame the room. Hey, sorry, uh, always blame the room. It's never you. So uh, the room was, you know, not that they like it was off. Like there was this drunk chick yelling at everybody. Where it was, was it? Uh, I don't want to shit on the room. Just it's not okay. But like. Because it, it's a sick, whatever, it's time, it, it's a, a cool hang. A generic room? It was a fictitious mic that I've made up for this analogy. Right. Uh, but, like, you know, it, we're however many comics in, there's been, like, yelling at, at the comic, uh, comic yelling back. Like, it, it's whatever it's not weird crowd energy. Work. This is a weird, just, like... It's a weird energy. Most people aren't paying attention. Comics are tuning in, mostly out. They're playing pool, whatever. It's fine. I got up there, started doing my thing. I was like, all right, whatever. No one's paying attention. I'll just play around with it. And then, like, I'm trying to have fun and keep the energy up. And then I look around, like, no eyes. Just absolutely nobody paying any attention whatsoever. And then just, like, I'm trying to, like, work on that muscle where you're just like, it doesn't matter. Just muscle through, keep the energy up. And I just, like, hit a wall. And I was just like, god damn it. This is is why we stay up till 1130 to come fucking work work this shit out. And I'm just... I just don't have the energy for it right now. So I just like muscled through the rest of whatever I was talking about and got off and I was like, fuck, I don't even want to hang out. Like I'm going home. <laughs> have you ever just given back time to the room? Like just yeah. quit literally. Um, Oh, for sure. Like early on, definitely. But then, uh, it's also like, it's about your time investment that after you've waited around, like it, that it's like waiting for a treadmill having fun i don't go to the gym but like whatever weight machine <laughs> and then being like all the right machine. you know this isn't working out to my like the way that i really hope this isn't this isn't my whatever would make me happy so i'm just gonna walk away like now i'm gonna i'll just eat it like, if you're gonna eat it eat it for five minutes straight bomb with some class you coward If it's not working, you just have to audit why and then really kind of reverse engineer it. Either you have to set up the fact that, oh, did you guys know that this is a, this is a pretty <laughs> common thing? Like open relationships. White people call them open relationships. 
these people have been calling them relationships. <laughs> so it's like you have to like it's if it consistently doesn't work, it's probably the way you're presenting it. Well, it's almost it, like that's the thing. It's like weird because it's it is in certain instances where it's like, okay, one time I went to go help a guy uh fix his tire. Like he didn't have a spare, mm-hmm. so I brought him a spare and he was like, "Okay, cool." Another time, I helped my roommate do the same thing where he didn't have a spare, so I brought him a spare. My roommate was black, and after I brought him that spare, he was like, oh, man, that's super cool. You can fuck my girlfriend now. <laughs> Literally, that was the <laughs> phrase. Maybe that's just a very, that's just how, that's how uh, <laughs> gratitude is expressed <laughs> Yeah, in your circle of friends. <laughs> but that's the one thing maybe I was like. Maybe they just really. Want, no white not, guys ever said that. <laughs> maybe it's not a race thing. Maybe it's just like, man, I kind of want a pitch hitter here. I just want to <laughs> need my girlfriend to see what it's like out there and either you're like yeah, that's the waters maybe it was more of a like a, please fuck my girlfriend i haven't been satisfied her in ever Look, i'm trying to get out of a dead-end relationship if you could do this it would really help to do me a solid and just give me an easy out i'd really yeah. like that and i'm gonna just play this off as like you know you're doing me a favor now i'm gonna or, do you a favor or he's setting you up for an insane like uh social bomb like, mm-hmm. oh I, yeah i try i thought it was cool i thought she was on board since we discussed it but apparently uh they hadn't brought it up before i got over there and it was real awkward there was this one time too. Is I was living in a in a two bedroom apartment with uh, four dudes mm-hmm. and um, bunk beds. What's the situation? What's the sleep situation. <laughs> one on the couch, pull out couch. Uh, there's two beds in each room. Okay, uh, not bunk beds, but definitely two separate beds. No stepbrother style. And a lot of times, like yeah, when like you know one of the guys would have a guest over, mm-hmm. uh, you would get pushed to the couch or whatever. Fair enough. Which is fine. It's like oh well, that's what we're. <laughs> This is the agreement we've signed up for. And uh, one time, I was already sleeping in my room, <laughs> and then I uh, ended up getting woken up by a to roommate. The sounds yeah, of some romance. Some lovemaking. And, uh, Who put on Kenny G? Yeah. <laughs> Kanye, is that you? <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I don't need all those candles. <laughs> Like, just put oh, on the key. sinuses have never been clearer. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's the thing. So, like, I, I got woken up to some uh, lovemaking, and instead of uh, being told, uh, Hey, bro, why don't you go out to the couch and watch some Big Bang Theory? <laughs> it was, I was told. <laughs> well, I give my own Big Bang Theory in here. Hey, <laughs> oh, I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't told that. <laughs> but I was told, like, because I was trying to, like, pretend that i was sleeping still oh god but clearly like they could tell i wasn't sleeping <laughs> from the vigorous motion in your mid-range but in- but instead of being told like yo bro get lost hey we're gonna need the room yeah um <laughs> hey super uh cool that you're here glad that you're paying rent but um i'm gonna need this room to bang this chick right now why would he just take the couch? Is it the fear of other you people? You would think like he would have taken the couch. I guess like the chances, or at of, least the balcony or something. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a buddy do that. He uh, he copulated on a Amazon chair out on my uh, patio one time. Awesome. I was like, <laughs> like good for you. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> and just like the physics of in that turtle shell that's like <laughs> moving around. I was like, man, that's like just impressive on its own. That yeah, you, <laughs> that you're yeah. able to navigate because it. Like, like not trying only- to fuck a magic eight ball or something. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are slim. <laughs> not looking great. 
<laughs> no, I feel like every time when a guy like succeeds in something like crazy like that, like there's always a girl underneath him that accepted that ex- she either also succeeded <laughs> yeah. or she was she really threw it. in the towel that night she's like well i'm gonna be a real sport about this this is what it is like yeah i really uh thought i was gonna fuck on a bed this night we but were, uh, a lot we of beer fine. in an alley i don't think she had any hope like i think her hopes were all of our expectations were you know some girls feel the same way as dudes sometimes yeah they're on board i mean yeah people are down man like, yeah if you're upfront about what who you are and what you're about like i don't think they're gonna be surprised if you come home in a fucking beanbag or you know no they call it a love sack i didn't mean you specifically <laughs> <laughs> no i feel like yeah if anything uh this is the true feminist ways that we're gonna treat women the same way as dudes in the same way as uh, they want to get dick is just as much as guys want to get puss. Yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly true. It's just the chances of them having a terrible experience are so much higher than like a guy goes in. If it's sex, it's acceptable. If it, like it's not the same, not the same for a woman. It could, <laughs> it's so much. I think it could be so much worse. Like like <laughs> every time a man has sex uh, consensually, it's probably a victory. Mm-hmm. That is a woman's like. Well, that was uh that like, he calls it sex <laughs> and and at like um obviously we're talking about sex a lot let's get the woman's perspective on this the, the cat it's the cat the cat's gonna weigh in mm-hmm. but i i will say uh it, it's weird because there's a lot of expectations oh for sure and i i don't even know what we were talking about earlier marijuana fixed the memory <laughs> Uh, treating women equally because they want uh, to get laid just as much as dudes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they do want to be treated equally. And I also feel like when it comes to comedy, we can have certain expectations as like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, talking about these types of subjects Mm -hmm. as a male, as whatever. As a mayo. (laughs) As a a mayonnaise. As a honky. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, females, other proclivities like they can talk about those subjects at way more ease yeah like well is that something that is you know a huge issue for you no i mean it's not an issue for if it's funny i don't care what you're talking about because like if if you're getting a laugh you've won me over with whatever you're talking about Mm because like i mean people can say the most insidious things and if they can bring it back around and if it's not completely like <clears throat> at somebody's like at being at somebody's expense is fine but like have a punchline and then like you know have a, just have a punchline and make it funny that's what matters to me and it's like you can punch down you can punch up i don't it doesn't matter to me but i can say that as a mayo or a honky whatever mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. i'm not the one being affected if like you are being affected and you have a point of view like i'll listen to it but like if i'm laughing that's why i'm at a comedy show if you're coming to a comedy show and that's not your end goal i don't know what you're doing there like if you're coming to a comedy show to come, like, well, he shouldn't be talking about that or she shouldn't be talking about that. Well, that sounds like a real fucking boring format for anything. Like, are you going to go to a concert and tell people what they can't sing about or pal- right. what chords they can't play? Or, you know, wh- I, why walk into any artistic like form of expression with a list of restrictions already on board? It's like, yeah, you ha- obviously there's certain things like, hey, maybe don't fall the fuck apart and drop the N-bomb at a bunch of people and freak out on don't camera. Don't do a Michael Richards. Yeah. Like, and don't just be a ignorant bigot and, oh, yo, you don't get it. Like, I'm being funny. Like, it's fine. <laughs> if you're, but like, you can, you can, pl- if you're playful, 
like that's you're you're having fun you're joking around you're you know you're making fun like fun is the operative word i remember seeing an open my comic and he literally did like six kkk jokes and then at the end of all those six jokes doing nothing just eating a dick <laughs> as you do he was totally like oh you guys just don't get it always blame oh, the you room. guys you're not like into the scene or you don't know what's going on it's yeah. like your super highbrow Ku Klux Klan material is just yeah, too... in the middle of fucking, like, no-ho. Yeah. And, like, I mean, there's certain... I mean, uh, our friend moved up the, the Bay Area, and he's, you know, he's been expressing some trouble because people are, like... So if you're, like, if you're not woke, people aren't going to give you laughs. And, like, that's... Again, it's just, like, walking into somebody or somewhere with a blister restrictions in your head. It's, like... Mm. I, I went to the cellar when I was in New York and saw a tell in the host. I forget his name. But he like the way he summed it up. He's like, man, if you walk in here with your arms crossed and this make me laugh attitude, it's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a rough night for all of us. Yeah. But if you want to laugh, like you're going to. These people are really good at it, and like that's why they're here. It's what they want. And if it's not what you want, don't know what you're doing here. But yeah. He, I mean, he was way obviously he's way funnier about it mm-hmm. and just like playful. But uh, yeah, I mean, like women. I, I'm not gonna tell anybody what they can or can't talk about, especially women or whoever. Uh, but if it's funny, like. And if even if it, especially if it's something that I think is inherently not funny, if you make me laugh, you prove me wrong. So it's like, well, I hate to be like the person that's like not woke, but I do feel like sometimes I've seen things like that where, as a a, a person that has ingested a shitload of comedy mm-hmm. and loves the the craft and loves seeing every walk of life do what they do. Mm-hmm. I've always been like, yeah, there's been funny stuff. There's been not funny stuff. There's been things that I like gravitate towards. There's things that I don't. It's not just like, oh, I just like white guys that are just like me. Yeah. It's like I watch Aziz Ansari or fucking uh, Felipe Esparza or whatever and be like, those guys are great. Like mm-hmm. they do what they do great. Is it for me? Is it like totally right. from like this like prism of straight white guy? No, it isn't. But I can still be like, I can see where it's funny and laugh for myself. Mm -hmm. But I find a lot of audiences now, they're very particular of what they see. And they're all about like, I want to see, if I'm an Asian guy, I want to see a Ken Jeong. I want to see a Joe Coy. I don't want to watch these other guys. I want to watch a person that's like me. Yeah. And, I mean, that's it's cool because it's like, uh, I mean... But I've never been that person. I've never been oh, like, yeah. I want to only watch Louis C.K. Right. I, I mean, or whatever. Like, but I've, there's, I've just been like, I want to watch whoever's funny. It's also so like maybe you're whatever, however you feel represented, it has been underrepresented for so long that now that there's the opportunity to see more of that you're going, it's not that you don't want to see another straight white dude, but maybe it's like, all right, I've, se- I've seen this perspective before. What about somebody who is more has lived, you know, an immigrant lifestyle who's like I understand from the other side. It's like, okay, you're an Asian dude and you've been watching a lot of like, yeah, white guys this whole time. It's like where's the dude that's like me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just about supporting the talent. So it's like if if you're undeniable, if you're fun if you're funny, I don't however whatever you come to undeniable. Like bring it. Like if you're a certain something and like your perspective adds something and makes it more rich and unique, like tap into it be that but if that's like it, if all you got is like that and it's just like real low-hanging fruit and that's you never develop past that then it's like yeah all right I, i've seen it done there's somebody that's gonna do it better 
So like if people are liking it now, cool. But if, if I don't like it, there's probably somebody that's going to come out and do it harder and better. And you know, they're going to really bring it. It's the same shit with white dudes. It's like, there's thousands of us. So you gotta be, be undeniable. If you're, if you're funny, whatever you're talking about, whoever you are, whatever you look like is irrelevant because you're, you're whatever your craft you've worked at for long enough that, you know, people can't deny how good you are. Or, I mean, and there's always going to be some bigots out there, or not bigots, just like close-minded people or people that are just tuned, tuned off to whatever you're about. Like, maybe they don't want to relate to, you know, an immigrant woman's perspective, or they're just like, I don't get it, it's not me, whatever. But you're going to always have that, but I think there's enough opportunity and there's enough outlets right now that you're probably going to get your shine if, you know, you work at it and you're fucking funny. going to a, a mic in LA uh, early on and I had five minutes and I got to like maybe two and a half without a laugh just oh, yeah. sucking major dick <laughs> and I was just like you know what I'm done like see you later guys and then the host literally was like you have five minutes <laughs> like you ain't leaving. Like, I don't care what you talk about. I don't even care if you just stand up there for silent well, t- for two minutes. You're going to be up there. Dude, yeah. Because you need to do that. Because it's like throwing... It, like, I remember when I was learning to swim. Mm-hmm. And, like, I literally got thrown into a pool. By your dad? Uh, I think it was my dad. It was. For, I think it was at a swim class. He was, like, it, holding it, your mom back, like... <laughs> let him he's fine he's fine they know how to do it when yeah. you're first born it's if, fine if he <laughs> turns on his belly we have we'll jump in then if he turns blue we'll fish him out yeah. until then we let can him, make another let him figure it out it's good for his character but like there's something very good about letting somebody struggle like make yeah. them struggle and let like because that's the thing like you have eat to it. know how to fail yeah fail the full five minutes yep and then walk away and be like that sucked this, what what didn't go right? Why did I suck? Right, and then like you need re-evaluate. to learn from this, and that nothing will make you more. Va- it's like nothing will make you more motivated to get back and try harder than eating it that hard. Because you're course. like, it's. I mean, if if you're a comic, you're a glutton for punishment anyway. So it's well, like once you eat it, that's like all right. I'm writing. I'm motivated. I'm getting back up, and I'm not fucking doing that until the next time you do that, and you're like, all right, cycle back through. Well, the one thing I learned like early on is that when you bomb, the world doesn't change. Yeah. It's not like suddenly like, extra, extra, Daryl just bombed his last comedy set at this stupid dive bar in <laughs> on a Wednesday. Like, nobody cares. It's like, well, that happened. <laughs> yeah. Carol's- now... It's all about you. It's all about like, well, how do I make that better? It's not about like, what is the like audience? Like what's their problem or why is, why aren't they laughing or whatever? It's like, who gives a shit? They didn't laugh, figure out why they didn't laugh and go from there. Like, yeah. And 
that's a, that's another thing is like you're gonna take it way harder than everyone else is because yeah. it's like oh yeah i bombed i played a shit for five minutes at carol's chinese and sushi bar and you know Reseda or wherever it's like oh they're never gonna let me back or i'm never gonna live this down it's like no fucking we're all in the same boat we're all like yeah everybody's gonna be like that did not go well but mm-hmm. like it's not like oh remember that one time unless you really really yeah, do something next level like you know, <laughs> Michael Richards type of like bomb where it's just like, whoa, did you see the guy that just yeah, like said like, the N word 30 like times? Meltdown. Like yeah. a meltdown and a bomb or like yeah. different. Like, oh, that you, you know. But that's the thing. Like, if you bomb, even at an open mic, nobody's going to go back to their like circle of friends and go, like, hey, man, I, I saw this guy last night and he just sucked a dick for five <laughs> minutes and it was hilarious yeah and even if like dude if you're memorably if you bomb member oh, sorry uh, yeah if you bomb memorably like you did something and you got something out of it i so. feel like that's what a lot of especially with like internet culture is is that it is like the extreme high and the extreme low that mm-hmm. get the most attention but the it's the indifferent it's the like it wasn't great it wasn't bad it was just this like eh. yeah but this it- unmemorable that's what gets tossed to the side but it's like you have those great movies that are like the godfathers of the world you look pal once they once the rest world and the month from now this hollywood big shot's going to give you what you want it's too late they start shooting in a week I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Mm-hmm. And then you have those horrible movies like The Room. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. And in people's memory or lexicon, they get put on the same pedestal. They get put in the same area of their brain of like, I'm going to remember this movie for the rest of my life because it was horrible. I'm going to remember this movie because it's awesome. Mm -hmm. But then you get like a movie like Primal Fear or Usual Suspects where it's like, okay, it was good for some really good for some. It's like, eh, I I don't remember it. Yeah. It's like being banished to TBS for the rest of its life versus HBO or, you know, or people are going to pay for this forever. Or it's like people are going to sit through this on, you know, on a long weekend on like basic cable it's saving fine. silverman or something like uh it's a great movie though Let's i like saving silverman i do <laughs> yeah okay strategy session okay her enemy is wicked dude so, she's freddy krueger no, damien dude she's vader no she's the emperor yeah but with really great tits okay now sandy that girl she's a nice girl oh yeah she's a sweetheart dude a saint a goddess a princess you know what she's kind of like mother Teresa. yeah but with way better tits and darren loves sandy no matter what he says definitely that is why we have to intervene yep and fix the problem definitely all right yeah we're gonna kidnap judith and set darren up with sandy yeah what? You could name a movie that's like gonna be in that like Dude, the middle level movies Do like, people remember it or not? I don't know. Well the the saving grace of those, it's like the hype is so low that when you watch it you're like that that was really good that was good. What that about My a- Blue Heaven? I don't think I saw that one. It was with Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. Polly want a cracker. It don't say Polly want a cracker. What do it say? You're under arrest. 
I once knew a guy had a parrot said that. Yeah. You dirty rat. Snitch. Stool pigeon. Former. Squealer. You dirty rat. I already said you dirty rat. Yeah, but I say it better. Johnny Bird. <laughs> uh, no, I did not see that. See, it was one of those movies that kind of just went by the wayside. It was right after Parenthood. They were both in that. <laughs> Where does it rank? Just a mid-level whatever movie? Are you that... a big movie fan? Uh, I mean, yeah, I like movies. I mean, but would you say you're like one of those people that... I have seen many of the know... AFI's top 100. Whoa. Like at least 13 of them. What's your quote-unquote like favorite? Cool, cool Hand Luke, for yeah. sure. That's up there. That's dope. You're going to get used to wearing them chains after a while, Luke. But you never stop listening to them clinking. Because they're going to remind you of what I've been saying. For your own good. Wish you'd stop being so good to me, Captain. Don't you ever talk that way to me. Never! Never! What? we've got here is failure to communicate some men you just can't reach so you get what we had here last week which is the way he wants it well he gets it i don't like it any more than you men steve mcqueen you can't can't or no paul newman i'm sorry that's right paul newman yes Steve McQueen uh, was great escape. You were going to get a real hard, um. Great escape. I'm sorry, guys, on the internet. Oh, actually. <laughs> the most fucking hateful. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Paul Newman, he's been in everything. That yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie that was like, eh. He's great. He's like one of those people that, like, with all the Me Too shit happening, mm. I, I, not to dis- diminish, you know, all of that. But uh, he's one that I'm like, if anything came out about him, because like Dustin Hoffman shit, I was like, that's pretty surprising. What happened with Dustin Hoffman? Uh, somebody that worked with him like in the 70s came forward and was like, yeah, he's mm. whatever. I, I I don't want to paraphrase and like put him in a... Tootsie? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it actually it was Tootsie. Wow. But um, I would be so surprised if it was Paul, like somebody came forward with Paul Newman. Because, oh, yeah. Like, like he's, he just was somebody that seemed to do everything right and like he was with his wife forever and just total class yeah so and that, then he had that whole racing career and that whole uh non-profit with the yeah like, like Newman's, Newman's own, own and yeah. all that like great dressings yeah and it's all charity driven so it's like if he if and it's came not forward, bad it's, nah, i mean i've had plenty of it yeah it's that mid-level r- movie thing it's like yeah. oh, some if you get a really good one you're like that was that was good <laughs> otherwise it's like eh. <laughs> My money went somewhere okay. So cool hand, Luke. Yeah, man, that that uh, egg scene was pretty fun. Yeah, um, the boxing scene I love. Yeah. Just like the whole metaphor and like the Christ like overlay. And I don't know, man. It's mm-hmm. just a great movie. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the whole uh, what we got here is a failure to communicate? Yeah, exactly. Yep, I love that movie. I, I love in a weird way, like 
because we're on that cusp of the millennial age. Because mm-hmm. I want to say like certain people in the 30s are like millennials, but other people in their 30s aren't millennials. Yeah, it is that weird overlap where <clears throat> I, we get branded millennial just based mm-hmm. on the numbers. But like, I'm like, I always felt like I was Gen X or like yeah. Gen Y or whatever, whatever that. I don't care where I lay, like whatever you want to call me, fine. Like I like what I like, and like some of the like the new shit I'm into, and a lot of the older shit I'm into, whatever. But I always felt like I was like even as even if I would call myself millennial, I was always into that like um, you know generation or two before me, like. I always loved music way before me. I always loved movies way before me. Like I, I'm always a fan of like, yeah, there was a lot of cool shit before me. Like I feel mm-hmm. like millennials are people that are like, you know, the younger generation now. They're like, ugh, there were things before me. Who gives a shit? It's all about now. It's all about yeah. what came out two seconds ago. Like, I think that's just a product of our age too. We're just getting older and more bitter towards like right? younger and new things. <laughs> like I like what I like. I don't want to have to like these new things that I don't like immediately. So, but it's not like I'm like still like, hey man, Sublime is tight. <laughs> like it's not that. It's like, well, Sublime see this is... back tattoo it means I fucking like Sublime. Yeah, like come on, guys, Bradley Knoll, rest in peace. But I feel like. I mean, I still like Sublime, but in the right set and setting. It's not like I'm like still rocking it like every day. It's like if I'm at a, a, a party at a beach and Santeria comes on, I'm not gonna be like change that fucking record, <laughs> like change it. Yeah, uh, you came, you grew up out here. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. It's also just like I think we're old enough that we remember having to like actually dig to discover certain things. Like right. not everything was just. Uh, you know, a couple clicks search away. Like, even if we were th- uh, looking up stuff on the internet, it was going to be like a, a time commitment because it's like, all right, dial up. We're delving into the the punk rock history, mm-hmm. or you know, finding out about these movies that are hard to like getting a, a copy of is going to be. It's not going to be just looking it up on Netflix. It's like I'm going to have to go to Blockbuster or the oh, used yeah. book, uh, you know, Sun half Coast. price books or wherever, and try to like. Hope somebody gave it up and then go find it and have the, you know, the lunch money left over to go get it. So it's like that we, and we were going to romanticize that because that's like what we grew up with. Because like that's that, part of the discovery is the journey to get to it. Yeah. It like that whole process, it wasn't just handed to you. It wasn't just like that readily available. So we, if it feels more special and, and you felt more like unique for finding out about certain things because it's not just like, a given that you know about this stuff like not everybody saw these things back in the day it's like not everybody read certain authors or had heard of certain bands or you know not everybody had that older brother or avenue into the this these worlds that were special and unique and different and also shit upon mm-hmm. like if you were into certain things or looked a certain way uh you know you get shit on and but like not the way that everyone gets shit on like you get singled out and like ridiculed for like liking what you like and like uh, i mean a lot of people still do obviously but i mean that's also i think that's just part of like being shitty kids and being like i gotta make somebody feel worse than i feel because i feel terrible i remember when i was uh hanging out with a lot of uh friends in like ninth grade maybe 10th grade and uh we were in this stage of like you know late 90s grunge metal like hard rock phase where it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we want Metallica Soundgarden, rage against machine. Like all that shit was like, yeah, I want some vowels. Yeah. Some hard crooning vowels. And then like 
another part of me, like, you know, especially when I started smoking weed, uh, another part of me was like, yeah, but have you heard of this band called Dave Matthews? <laughs> well, you took a real hard turn. And they were like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yo, dude, not cool. Not cool. Like, Those t-shirts will not coexist in your closet, <laughs> sir. They will, One will have to win. <laughs> and we were all band nerds, obviously. Like, we're all still in the band. Like, you know, marching band in mm-hmm. high school and all that shit. So I'm like, but this guy has like... A violin and a saxophone. Like, <laughs> come on. Who wouldn't like that, guys, right? He's like, just a couple upstrokes away from a ska song. I'm telling yeah. you, man. Like, and I had friends that were all into, like, yeah, Real Big Fish and all that shit, you know? So it's like, dude, this is just a step away from that. Yeah, I feel like we're due for a resurgence of ska because it's just so, oh, like... Oh, fourth wave ska? Yeah, because, like... <laughs> I mean, I think things have been so, like, downtrodden and just, like, all right, stare at the misery Mm -hmm. and, like, the garbage fire that surrounds us. So, like, we're due for something that's just, like, 100% upbeat. Just so positive. Literally, (laughs) upbeat. Musical (laughs) sun rays. say like there's definitely um a lot of band names that i've thought about um but never actually created the band (laughs) oh for sure like naming the band's half the fun yeah and not like i don't have to deal with other personalities or learning you know instrument or what instruments do you play uh i've had a guitar since i was 14 but asked me to play an entire song uh i I it would put a gun to my head and I might end up dead. So you know, put it that way. I used to play bass, and uh, luckily the bass guitar is way easier because uh, you can learn a lot of songs with just knowing three or four notes. Yeah, like I know chords and I can like fake my way through uh, like a tab or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like in terms of like start to finish playing a song, I don't like. I don't know a single one. Like yeah. I that's a goal that I need to sit down. <laughs> I just am such a spaz that I'm I'm just like on so many projects at a certain time that I'm like, "All right, I'm going to I want to learn this song." And when I say I'm going to learn this song, I mean I'm going to learn the first riff of this song cuz this riff fucking rules. Right. And that's the main that's what's I'm the just driving force learn of what's it anyway. Get me laid. <laughs> yeah, I, well, no, cuz I've never I don't ever bring the guitar out <laughs> for anyone else. Just you me and my dog. No, fuck no. Like went, "Hey, hey, I got no game, A, and B, the guitar would not be part of the game (laughs) if I I did. I like this move where it's just, you know, in front and center of, like, your room, and then they (laughs) automatically go, like, oh, look at the guitar, and you're like, oh, that thing? Yeah, Uh, you know, I like to play it every now and then. All right, let me play Mm -hmm. Purple Rain real quick Mm -hmm. for 13 minutes and just get you right in the mood. <laughs> and then the revolution just come out of your room. They just rise out. out yeah, and they're like subterranean. We are here the whole time. <laughs> we've been waiting so long. Mm-hmm. Not because we've been waiting for you. We haven't been able to pay our rent, <laughs> and we've been living here. Uh, I feel like I always look at that with like open mics when they're like mix mics, and. I'm going up with, like, you know, some original comedy. Mm-hmm. And this guy's going up with, like, yeah, Purple Rain or whatever. And it's like, dude, 
we already know that works. We already know that's a cool song. Like nobody's yeah. gonna be like, heard it. It's like working other people's pickup lines and like this shouldn't work, but it's fucking going to, it and it's is. so annoying. Yeah. And then you go up with like an original premise and all these things that you've thought of yourself, and it sucks a dick. <laughs> And yeah. you're just like, man, I just wish I could go up with some Bill Hick premises or something. Or like, can I just do some Carrot Top bits? God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we I've seen people do that. I, I think the first open mic I ever went to, somebody did a Louis C.K. Uh, bit verbatim. Really? The, the like, uh, something about someone peeing on, some, on something you own in a subway. And like, I remember hearing that and then hearing it again later. And I was like, oh, yeah, that dude for sure just mimed that or not mimed but parroted that entire bit yeah at a mic have you ever uh found a comic doing a, a bit of yours not that he stole it but just it's like a parallel thinking type of thing yeah for sure i think that's just normal because we're gonna go on well-trod ground just being new at it and not and like trying to find your own unique mm-hmm. voice and perspective and like there is always something that people like there's certain stuff that's never it's just evergreen people are always going to want to talk about it so you're going to probably do like a spin on something that somebody's already done but like i for sure had uh certain things where i'm like i know i've talked about that in front of you and now it's part of your thing but also like wow it's like somebody you personally know yeah and like or or I, it's like something where it's like, I don't know that you heard me say that, but we had the same line of thought where it's like, uh, Chuck Roquet has this bit where he's like, he, I don't even know if he's really working it, but, uh, like I was trying to make it work and I've never really like, I never was like a hundred percent on it, but it was like, you go on online dating profiles and there's, it's just like every girl in California is like, I want adventure. I want an adventure. Yes. I've heard him say that. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down to go camping, but I think our sense of adventure might greatly differ. Like mine might involve like a overnight journey to Tijuana and like, you know, some prescription drugs and blacking out and waking up and needing an <laughs> bl- alibi and right. you know, really like trying to just paint a real fun picture of whatever misadventure you're actually having and then you come back around and you're like oh you mean camping you want to go to joshua tree twice a year and get your photos that's what you mean that's fine i can do that i'm down right you're not interested that's okay but like he he has something similar but i i think it's just that similar line of thought what and it's fine i have no problem with that stuff either sorry um because it's like i'm not recording this shit and like how long right. you this end- ain't for a special or yeah. anything like and it's like we're all trying to figure it out and i'm not trying to like if a they might take it somewhere way better than i ever thought of so yeah. like being able to be like all right i had that same similar thought but where are you what are you working what is your angle how are you gonna play with it and what would i have done so like being able to see somebody develop a similar joke to you that maybe you've abandoned or maybe you're keeping in your back pocket. Like, all right, I I still like that, but I, now I have to make sure it's different from this. But in the meantime, let's see where it goes. Yeah. I've had two instances where like, um, there's been times where I brought up a a premise and then a, a a comic. I remember, uh, Brandon Kafori, he was uh, bringing up like after I did the set, he was like, Hey, um, you know, I kind of talk about that too. Mm-hmm. But then he was like, yeah, but you you have like a better angle or you like say it better. So like, 
He wasn't like saying like, "Hey, I'm I'm telling you this because like you better not do it anymore." Mm-hmm. It was like, "Hey, I did the same thing, but you did it better." Like, yeah, cool. It's almost like, like covering his own bases. It's like, "Hey, if you see me doing this, just so you know, right? Like, I, we, you know, as long as you're cool with it, I'm cool with it." In 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 a weird way, or it's he's like, being super passive aggressive, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Brandon fucking rules. Nah, he's a fun guy. Uh, but that's the thing. It was like uh. In a weird way, though, like, even when he gave me, like, it wasn't, like, super, you know, um, accusatory or anything like that. It was just like, hey, I I, I talk about that, too. Even after he told me that, I was still like, well, that's going away. (laughs) Well, now now you made it weird. You could have just been quiet and not brought it up. And instead, now I know about it and I don't, I'm going to always be thinking about it now. Or even then, like, in my mind, it's still like. Well, that's not unique. Like, it's, okay, well, somebody else thought of it. I'm yeah. sure eight other people have thought about that, too. Yeah, like, for sure. There, There um, is, it's, I'm real pick and choose with that shit, because it's just like, I'm just work. I'm just working out the muscles. Like, mm-hmm, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to figure out the writing process, figuring out how to find stuff that works. Yeah. Just, like, mining around. So, like, you know, and I'm not trying to shit up, like, I have the mentality that that's what we're all doing. We're all, you know, no one has it dialed in if mm-hmm. you're in, like, circling around the same, like, grinding open mics. And there's nothing, like, so, like, anything that helps each other get to the next level or develop faster, better, stronger, I'm for. Like, I'm not trying, I'm not, you know, trying to slow anybody down or get in their way or tell them what they can or can't say or do. Right. Like, th- a lot, like there's a lot of material people try out that I'm like, I hate that fucking bit. I hate that premise. I hate your joke. But, like, I don't know where it's going to end up. Like, if this gets you stronger and all it takes is me just, like, looking at my phone or, like, you know, that's a shitty thing to do. But but you kind of have to tune out to some stuff because it's, like, you know, it, it's going to wear you out if you're, like, I'm not into it. I don't I don't want to hear a joke I don't, like, a thousand times. And, like, but if it helps you get stronger, like, I'm not going to fucking come tell you, hey, hey, that's a shit joke, like. Fuck you, whatever. Because like, like, who the who the fuck am I anyway? Right, yeah. It's like we're all nobody still. It's like, yeah, nobody cares. Like, we all think that like these things matter, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like nobody's gonna care. Nothing matters in the grand scheme. Even if we're like, all returning you, to dirt. Even if you told this dude like, hey, that's my joke, and then two years later he did that on a special. Yeah, fine. Okay. Oh man, that doesn't like. So you can't take him to court now because yeah. like he fucking did your joke on a special like yeah I I don't I don't remember who did this but I saw online this dude he's like I've been doing this joke for fifteen years and this comic just went on and put it on a special and it was like a real established mm-hmm. comedian I forget mm-hmm. who it was but I'm like yo motherfucker he just did you a favor you've been doing yeah. one joke for fifteen years <laughs> write some new shit how about that no shit it's like oh he put it on a special well. Either keep doing it if you want, or write some new shit. Like obviously, I would, <laughs> as a comic, and obviously, like yeah, me and you, three years deep or whatever. It's like I love a bunch of jokes that I'm doing now, mm-hmm. but if I'm doing that same joke 15 years from now, please kill me. Yeah, like please just tell me to like, dude, stop. Yeah, <laughs> and there, there's a certain qual like. David Tell, you for sure knows he's got like jokes he's been doing a long time, but if he throws it off the cuff, like 
for fun. It's in the moment and, and it works. It's like, yeah, that's a perfect. But it's not his act. Yeah. It, and it's like improvisational where he's just like in the moment and it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Right. So this situation, this scenario just showed up and I have a little tag for that yeah. Just that scenario. And, and that's what crowd work is. It's like yeah. that's some baked stuff that you just have on the ready. Unless like like, you know, certain things are just like in the moment. You're like, this dude's t shirt, this joke, right now, mm-hmm. bam, fine, whatever. But that's a muscle that you've worked out in a different but a bunch of comics elsewhere. will do that where it's like, Oh, this is crowd work and it's like, No, you planted that big titty blonde right in the front <laughs> so because you have a whole bit about big titty blondes. Yeah. Like but we're not going to like fault you for it, no. but I get it. Like I, I see your, like I see the, the trickery or whatever, mm-hmm. like, because I've seen your act in eight cities and for some magical reason, you always have a big titty blonde in every city. Like, <laughs> or you just have an eye, you have a type to point hmm, out. Weird. Can you, if there, if anybody that fits this description walks in, can you sit them? around here of exactly (laughs) which i'm not saying don't do that but it's like as a comic i'm like i get it Mm -hmm. like you're not fooling me you're fooling the audience which is fine that's what i like about being in the scene is like i know the tricks of the trade i know what i'm looking for i would know i know what i would do i don't know if i would do that yeah i don't have like bits that are around specific things and obviously i'm not in that type of uh echelon where i could tell like people at the door like hey sit these people in front like yeah it and if you're doing that that seems like you're cheating a little bit but i mean whatever works man like if it makes people laugh then that's that's what you're trying to get done anyway so like however it has to happen it's fine like but if you're if you're an established comic and you're doing that, then you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because then you're just going to plan a plateau and you're not challenging yourself, you know? Right. But, fuck, I don't know. Like, I'm not there. I don't know what, you know, you're having to deal with. Well, I feel like in every, even in this stage, where there's there's sets that are going to make you grow and there's sets that are just going to keep you going. Yeah. And certain nights, it's like, you know, I just need to get... What I just need to get to the end of this. Yeah, I just, just need to get through this set. Oh man, one of the best. It wasn't even a bomb, but you. I'm pretty sure you went there. It was that uh, basement gay bar in Laguna that Poopa hosted? Yes. The it wasn't even a bomb, but like it was the most was, aggressively disinterested. It's a drag group. or something. Yeah, like that. it's yeah. a drag. It was host. Mm. It was co-hosted by a. Are you allowed to say drag queen? It's in the title. A transgender. A pre op transgender or something. I don't know. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Yes. <laughs> it was that. It was that. And Andrew Poopa. A beautiful person. A, a, yeah. A unique and in, interesting human being co-hosting with another unique and interesting human being, Andrew yes. Poopa. Yes. And you could not find a more disinterested group of uh, gay people in a basement bar ignoring comics totally and this dude drove i think he said an hour and a half to get down there and he did uh whatever 10 or 15 minutes of featured spot and he had a smile on the entire time Mm -hmm. he had charisma he just he just put on he just you could tell he like had glossed over his eyes where he's just like yeah we're doing it this is uh i'm gonna and i was just like so impressed because everybody else was just like 
so defeated. They were like, mm-hmm. I fucking drove 45 minutes for this. And he just like, he went up there. He put a, like, I don't know about a hundred percent, but he put like a, an A grade. Right. 91%. <laughs> he got the A. He passed, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like that. You get, cause you go to enough mics and like you either go, you, there, you, whether you're on stage or off, you got to be taking things from it and learning and growing. And that, like seeing that guy do that, I'm like, you got to do that. Like win, lose, or draw, it's about you putting in your effort, having fun with it, walking away and being like, yeah, that didn't go the way I wanted to. But Right. I, it's like trying to like take out variables mm-hmm. in why it didn't go well, where it's like, okay, well, if I did this, I did this and did this. Like, well, I can't say it's because of this because I did my best or it it was as best as it could have been or I put out as much effort as I could have been. So it's not because I didn't put out effort, mm-hmm. you know, so you're, you're taking away that variable. Also, it's like I, he won me over like, <laughs> I'm, this isn't a good example cause I'm not going to give you his name, mm. but I was like that, like I was impressed and I was on board. Whereas like Shouldn't other people, she's her name. No, it was a dude. It wasn't, oh. it wasn't the, uh, the person in drag. Oh, okay, okay. I think I think I could say that, and it's fine. Got it, got it. But regardless, it was a it was a comic who had driven down from I think the like the valley or some shit, and he just like, yeah, he just muscled through it with a smile and just like good energy. And I was, uh, you know, he didn't lose because I would have tuned out. Like I tuned out for everybody else as soon as they were like fuck me for trying whatever right so it's like if you get up there and you're defeated the audience is going to be defeated too oh yeah so. if you sh- if you start with this defeatist attitude they're yeah. they're not going to be into it because you're already like yeah. thrown in can, the towel like, yeah and you can have fun with it poke around with it poke yeah. fun at yourself be like what am i not entertaining enough what can i do what do you mm-hmm. want well, I'll, I'll you know whatever and i don't know like i'm still like- trying to figure out how to make that work but you see certain people who have figured it out like Brody Stevens was somebody who just mm-hmm. was like, I'm, I'm me. You're on board or you're not, but I'm going to bring like that. That seemed to but be, I'm his, not going to change me. Yeah. For he's you. like, I'm going to bring Brody 100% of Brody Stevens to 100% of Brody Stevens shows. So love, hate, uh, indifference. Like you're, I'm going to make you feel one way or another. So it's like, do that, like bring it and be who you are and be what you want to be. And people don't like it. Fuck them or, you know, learn from it, whatever. Enjoy it. All right. Before we close on out, I like to ask these questions to every one of my guests. Uh, I stole these questions from uh, James Lipton, who stole them <laughs> from Bernard Peebo. And this is called Inside the Comic Studio. Ba-ba-ba. And the first question is, if you could make up a geometric shape, what would it be called and what would it be? <laughs> a geometric shape. Yeah. Like, instead of a triangle, it's called blah, blah, blah. Am I making up an entirely new shape? Yeah, you could do that, too. <laughs> uh, 
We'll call it a 37th sided die, and it's a vaginal kitty litter. Okay. So, uh, when people are throwing a 37th sided die it involves- in, uh, like, some sort of Dungeons & Dragons scenario, mm-hmm. they're throwing a... <laughs> it's just all the ways women aren't going to be interested. Every side of this die is yeah. just a... Is it Sounds- just a... It's the... It's the magic eight ball of no. I'm I'm washing my hair tonight. It sounds like a pretty extensive dye, for sure. That's a lot of sides. That's a question James Lipton has act has asked famous actors. Maybe <laughs> not so much. <laughs> How many answers could they really have? I've kind of. Uh, I would like to be them. a square, and I'd like to repurpose the square because the square's gotten a bad name and bad rap. Yeah, I should. It's, it's a sturdy shape. Should be called very a practical pit instead. <laughs> <laughs> this jaws square is it negative? Mm-hmm. No, I like that though. The thirty-seven sided die, <laughs> and it's called the vaginal kitty litter. Vaginal kitty litter. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Hand me the vaginal kitty litter. <laughs> Just I, not a driver. Not. A, yeah, you I get need it. To see if I can fight this orc or not. <laughs> okay. Next question. What is your favorite joke that never gets a laugh? Um, I have a joke about how uh, I think it's bullshit that people who people with kids get carpool privileges. Yeah. Because you're directly contributing to traffic. Like that person's going to grow up and clog up traffic in another <laughs> car, one more, and you're giving people who just are about to have kids or who have kids, uh, you know, uh, an outlet. And it, it makes absolutely no sense. We, and just, like, in general, we give parents all these, like, freebies. Right. Well, it's called economic sanctions. Yeah. And, but I think we've, we're all stocked up, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, just the way I tell it, uh, I think there's, it's, there's something there. But the way I tell it, it just never works. Right, but I you don't have the right found t- the wording. Yeah, I, like I don't have the right tag or tone. It just never works. But I, I like it, so I keep it around and keep trying it. And every time you say it, you're like, "Fuck you, that's funny." <laughs> uh, I try not to do that one because I'm like, eh, somebody else will, will remind them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next Guys, question. Guys, you're wrong. This is funny. Right. If hell exists, what would you like to hear Satan say to you? Welcome back. <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, came back. It's cool I knew that you'd be back. Mm-hmm. Saved you a seat. <laughs> That's awesome. Next question: What sexual position would you never try again? <laughs> uh, prison. No, I. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> That's funny. I haven't heard that, <laughs> that answer yet. Yeah. Uh, just anywhere uh, she's on top and just going a little too high we've all been there where she's just like she's i don't want to shit on anybody too crazy i think matt cole has a line about it so i don't want to like step on it but uh yeah and then just goes a little too high and comes back down with the full force and it's just that one if i could just avoid ever doing that one again Mm -hmm. i guess it's not the position itself no it is Uh, it's girls on top i don't want girls (laughs) on top i I do absolutely without the force (laughs) Nah, you know what? It's worth the risk is worth the reward. Let's put it uh, that yeah. way. So it is better than a right, dude beating on, off. 
dude on top 69. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to do that. Uh, just as a favor to anyone that would be willing, I, I'd probably forego that. No, I get it. <laughs> I was trying to write a joke about that, too, and having giving it a name. Be like, because <laughs> it's like fucking trying to find a contact lens on a fucking waterbed. Like, mm. just like wiggling around. <laughs> <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It's not doing anybody any favors. No, unless it's like asked for specifically. I mean, I'm just I'm there for a second audition, so if it's asked for, I'm on board pretty much. But no, I get it. I feel <laughs> you there. I'm all for a second interview. Yeah, like, just trying to get the full time job, man. Okay, next question: What profession would you like to see abolished? Just one oh. day, tomorrow. There's no more of this. Yeah. Not saying we're killing people. Like it's just that job doesn't exist anymore. It's a great cops. <laughs> no more cops. Okay. Yeah, yeah there. It doesn't work. We could do something better. <laughs> cops don't work. White. How about white cops? No more white cops. No more white cops. Okay. So that job is only for people of diversity. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it. I'm all for that. <laughs> no more white cops. I don't want to be a cop. I'll tell you that right Fuck now. No, I mean, to hell no. I don't want to be a security guard, let alone cop. Who wants to give me authority anyway? Right. Okay. Next question: What celebrity would you like to be mistaken for? Would I like to be, or have you been mistaken for any? I'm like not mistaken for. People say I've gotten a couple times. Uh, the fucking dude from Narcos. 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 <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Narcos. The first season. Uh, he's also in Game of Thrones, which is like I'm like for sure I'll take that. That dude's gorgeous. But uh, um, who I would like to be mistaken for? I don't know. How about a successful comic? I'll do that one. John Bennett. <laughs> John Bennett. Uh, I don't know. How, how about, about Emil Hirsch? I'll do Emil Hirsch. How about Sinbad? <laughs> uh, Richard Pryor. There you go. I would like to be mistaken for him, for sure. <laughs> I'd like to be mistaken for Brad Williams. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you hit your growth spurt. <laughs> hey, is that Brad Williams? No, I'm actually four feet taller. Hmm. Well, well, I would say more like two feet taller. <laughs> we don't have the specs out. Right. Okay, next question. What is your best impression doesn't have to be celebrity. Could be just anybody that you know. Or anybody that you don't know that you just want to impersonate. Uh, in Pittsburgh, there's like a certain brand of... It's not a redneck. It's just a, like a descendant of a, of a steel worker. Yeah. They call them Yinzers. Because you're from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I grew up... I went to high school and college there. And uh, at first I was like... He's for the worst people, and then like you, you're around them long enough, and you're like, these mm-hmm. are really actually pretty clever people, and they're really fucking cool a lot of the time. But they 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 just have their own dialect, and they got their own like lingo. <clears throat> so it's fun to just do the voice from time to time, and just go, Ah, you ain't going downtown. You're gonna pick up a hoagie down from Jumbo, huh? <laughs> going downtown, wash the Stillers, maybe the Panzer plane. I don't know. It's like somewhat <laughs> Midwest, and then uh, but not quite East. Yeah. Like, you can definitely mistake it for that, like, that, uh, you know, whatever that SNL skit was like, ah, da, bears. But it's, right. it, the, it's not it's quite unique Midwest. For sure. But it, 
it's one I like doing the most. I don't know if it's I'm the best at it. My, I was in a band growing up, and the, the two guitarists in the band, those dudes, they can riff in Yinzer for hours, and it's, <laughs> I'll be howling. It's the best. That's awesome. I feel like uh, that would be fun to hear. Do you like Permantes? Yeah, it's good. I I would like real. I was put off by it for a long time, and then I went in. If you get a cheese sandwich or an egg sandwich, they're fucking. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's 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 also like you got to douse it in hot sauce. So if you're not into that, all right. But yeah, I like the hot sauce for sure. Yeah, it's like that real like watery, vinegary hot sauce, mm-hmm. and just like uh, if you don't know a Permanente Brothers sandwich, they douse it in uh, French fries and coleslaw, coleslaw yeah. on the sandwich, and it's got this real like fluffy white bread, and they grill it up, and you know usually get it with some dirt cheap beer. It's really it's good. Serve late night. When was the last time you were in Pittsburgh? Uh, I was back for Thanksgiving for like a week. Nice. And then uh, my dad and I drove back west uh, to Las Vegas and he threw, flew back after we hit some national parks. Nice. Yeah, it was sick. Yeah, I, I do remember those uh, Instagram stories. Yeah. Those were some, some bomb stories. It's uh, pretty rad out there. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go back to Moab this summer for sure if it's not melting. Okay, next question. Can you make a fart noise? And if so, please do it. Dude, that was like a chick's fart. It's still a fart noise. It is a fart noise. I was feeling something a little bit more. The future is fart noise. (laughs) Right? I was expecting something more robust. (laughs) Well... You get what you get, man. Sometimes you expect a fart and you end up with a lot worse. It's true. I will take that nonetheless, though. Okay, next question. If you were to create a podcast, what would it be called? I have the Herd Global podcast, but uh, it's sort of on hold. Oh, that's right. You are kind of doing one but not doing one <laughs> i have put out three in three years whoa <laughs> one one in, uh, it's an annual podcast it's, an, it's a quarterly the quarterly is a a four quarterly <laughs> podcast yeah or annual i guess is the word you idiot christian um well i hope i get on one year <laughs> of those podcasts yeah, so far it's been just skate oriented so maybe i'll branch out Oh, so you'll call it like maybe like Christian Skate. Yeah, I whatever I named it would have to be like Skate or Die. Or how about Skate or Skate or Diet? The dirt fucking diets of pro skateboarders. Yeah, I like that. Many skate or Diet. Robin. No, I don't know. Um, if I did a, like a, a comedy podcast or something more that related, or not related to skateboarding, it would have to do with whatever it's talking about. So. To be determined. How about that for now? Okay. So, that's a cool podcast name, To Be Determined. Hmm. Yeah, not bad. Okay, last question. When was the last time you kissed someone? Uh, uh, I, 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 Maybe I got a good, in a romantic way. I got a goodnight kiss last night. Hell yeah! Went on a date, said we were both like, eh, you know, I think we've had a nice night. Let's uh, do it again sometime, but we're done for the night. So you're uh, anticipating a second date in the future. That was our second date, and we like a- after dinner, she was just like, "I think we're 
think it's cool if like you know that's fine I'm like yeah yeah whatever mm-hmm. so I probably will never see her again <laughs> that's probably her being like hey uh goodbye I'm like alright right and you're like uh but how about you come into my no but honestly I was like I kind of want to go home like it's not the, like it, I oh. she was super sick and she's Brad and I hope I want to hang out with her again but it's also like I go over there and like I don't want to stay over I already have to like go feed my dog and like I want to and you got to be up early today and just and I was like oh sick you like you're you're an adult and you like getting a full night's sleep too this is cool <laughs> <laughs> it's boring but it's like when you're just like up front with people and they're like I feel cool like with it when you're single in your 30s it's a lot like that where it's like Oh, you're super cool, but I got my own things going. So yeah. see you later. So either she's like blowing me off, or she's just really direct and is like, "Yeah, this is. I'm not. Re- I just would like to go home." And I'm like, "Yeah, I if I would also like that. <laughs> That's fine. Like next, maybe next time we'll get real weird. But yeah, maybe next time we'll get each other off. But <laughs> take care. Hope you have a good night." I will see you at the Red Robin two weeks from now. I'm going to go home and binge watch The Punisher with my dog. How about you feel <laughs> How you feel about that? Oh, uh, you weren't going to do that with me? That's cool. Oh, you're going to binge watch Black Mirror with your cat? <laughs> Take it easy. Yin yang. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But yeah, well, last night, got out of the car, said goodbye, gave her a hug. Nice. Nice. All right, Christian, man, this was a great podcast. I think we're going to end it now. All right, well, thanks for having me, man. Of course, man. Let's go go bomb some mics. Hell yeah, let's do this. We're going to tell jokes to people we don't know, guys. At a wine bar. But until then, obviously, uh, follow Christian at... Senderude on various platforms and just, you know, real life. Yeah, just look up... S-E-N-D-R-U-E-D or U-R-D? S-E-N-D-E-R-U-D. Yeah. Yeah. Look up that and then obviously look up uh, us. And I say us in the royal setting of me. <laughs> At This Comics Life, wherever you find social media and podcasts. And obviously, guys, you've been listening to... Yeah.